Welcome to the build-up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Hello and welcome to the build-up here on Balls.ie, our weekly look ahead to the biggest events at the Sporting Weekend in association with Ladbrokes, of course. We've already had one show today. We were talking football with Kevin Doyle. You can listen back to that or indeed watch it back on any of our social channels. But it's rugby we want to talk about right now and delighted to be joined, as always, by our regular guest and Labrooks ambassador, Stephen Ferris. Stevie, how are you getting on? A lot's happened since we last spoke, actually, because uh, Leinster went and knocked the European champions out in an unbelievable game of rugby. Uh, Ulster flying in the Challenge Cup, and we're just around the corner from the Rainbow Cup, so it, it just never stops in the rugby world. Yeah, up the Pro 14 teams, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a bit of a piece, um, a bit know. of slag and a bit of lighthearted banters, of course, on Twitter as well with a few... Uh, former colleagues, uh, big fan too. I had a had a wee bite at me as well, but it's all lighthearted, good fun. But brilliant to see Leinster and Ulster, um, you know, through to the next stage of the Challenge Cup and the European Cup. And um, yeah, the French teams are obviously going very well. Also, I think I've never watched as much rugby in my life over the last couple of weekends. It's just been superb. I wish it was like that every weekend. But um, yeah, uh, I'm more of it to come in a couple of weeks' time, Mick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, just kind of looking, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Lions um, before we kind of get into to, to some other stuff like the new experimental rules that we'll be seeing in the in the Rainbow Cup coming up. Um, but just talking to you briefly off air, I was thinking like, you know, what is this Rainbow Cup for, for a lot of for a lot of players, for a lot of teams? You know, like the likes of Munster will definitely want to, you know, somewhat fight back from what's been a negative few weeks and, you know, consolidate their improvement this year and also want to you know kick on but they'll be probably looking towards Europe and you know it, it's what's it for so there's a lot of it will come down to lads who are are they on the plane are they off the plane and it's just the way it is every four years so just looking at true the Ireland team you would think to yourself that Robbie Henshaw, Ty Furlong, Connor Murray and at this stage probably Ty Byrne are close to guarantees Ring Rose, James Ryan, Ian Henderson, Johnny Sexton, likely. And then you've got a big, long list of players of guys who could make it, who couldn't make it. Who would you be looking out for as someone that you would say Warren Gatlin will be keeping a real good eye on over the next few weeks? Yeah, I think it was in the, the media there, actually. Um, I can't remember which Lions, Lions coach it was. Um, a, few, a lot of pundits. Um, I think Echo was covering the game at the weekend. Um, and lots of talk about Kelleher, you know, at Hooker. Um, he was mm. very, very good, very good in the list. Um that piece-wise was extremely strong. Hasn't started for Ireland um, ahead of Raw pairing, really, uh, bar, I think, the Italy game. So, yeah, somebody like him could... He, he's a tremendous athlete. He looks very powerful. Um, you know, hasn't hasn't that much rugby under his belt, like, when you think about it. You know, he, he's only just on the scene, what, a year and a half ago, a couple of years ago, um, first onto the scene at Leinster. I know Leinster scored a hell of a lot of tries off malls. And he was usually at the back of it, he scored tries for fun, as do all the hookers at Leinster. Um, but I think he just needs to buy his time a little bit with the international window. But the way he played against Exeter at the weekend was just a really top drawer, very physical when it came to the tackle um, situation, and uh, you know done his job really well. So you know somebody like him could, could really nudge his way in there because I think the hooker position. Uh, you look at the English hookers, you know, Kandeki and. Um, uh, maybe George. Yeah, Jimmy George. Like neither of them have kneeled down that spot. You could arguably say that you know Rob Herring's just slightly ahead of Keller because of his line out throwing. You know he's very secure in that. 
but Dan Keller has a bit more about him around the park. Ken Owens is, you know, probably the only shoe in really. And then the hooker position of Scotland, it seems up for grabs at the minute too. So uh, yeah, that could be a position make that you know Gatlin could be looking to strengthen. And when you're playing against the current world champions, that you need that that physicality, you need that athleticism, and he certainly gives that. Yeah, it's funny when you're thinking if you're someone like. Um... As I think we will be looking at, you know, and actually, Ron McBride getting put into the uh, into the coaching team was is a help for someone like Kelleher and maybe even Andrew Porter as well, you know. But if you look at like someone like Josh Flanderfleer, who's probably playing the best rugby of his career, has been maybe throughout the second half of the Six Nations into an unbelievable performance um, at the weekend against Exeter. But then you think to yourself, Jesus Christ, what like the competition that certain lads have. It's almost not a reflection whether you're picked or not, depending on the position that you're in, because he's got Tipperick, Tom Curry, Underhill if he comes back, you know, and that not even to mention Hamish Watson, who, you know, there'll be a lot of discussion about, I think, over the next few months outside of Ireland, you know. But, you know, someone like Van der Fleer, he he's still doing enough to at least be keeping Gatlin's eyes open, isn't he? And that's what the lads have to keep doing. It's just, um, you know, when they get their opportunity, that they, they go out there and try and take it. And Mick, like, I was probably saying, what, three months ago that Will Connors was the yeah. starting set seven for, for Ireland. Um, and, you know, watched him a good bit. And he, he played against Ulster a few times, obviously, and uh, played extremely well. And then all of a sudden, Josh van der Fleer comes back. And probably about Hamish Watson as well. Like, Hamish Watson, Six Nations player of the championship. 18 months ago, I would have been saying, ah, yeah, Hamish, he's, he's a bit of a, you know, just loves to carry the ball into contact, bosh a few lads, but he doesn't really make any ground. You know, he boshes somebody, goes sideways, boshes somebody, goes sideways, and then gets put to ground, but it looks good on the TV. And, like, his game has just come on so much. And, yes, he still has that bosh about him, but he's been, you know, really dynamic in everything that he's done on both sides of the ball. Um, and he seems to to bring lads with him in, in, in hard moments of the games. He makes, I always talk about it, game-changing moments at, at certain times that, that really lifts the side. Um, and, you know, somebody like him 18 months ago, I, I, if you had said to me, we would have went on the lines, I, I probably would have laughed at you, to be honest with you, Mick. But, you know, he'll thoroughly deserve his place because of the performance, the recent performances he's put in. And this is it. You, you do not have to have played brilliant three years ago to get yourself on this tour. It's yeah. about probably the last six months and um, whereabouts you are. And I, somebody like Jamie George, sort of contradicting myself maybe slightly here, but somebody like Jamie George, we know has got pedigree. He's shown it over the last number of years, but then he hasn't had that match game time to show his worth and show what he's made of. And then the Six Nations comes around, he slight uh, loss of form, Karen Dickey comes in. He then plays okay and then doesn't really play well and the, the door sort of opens again for Jamie George. But will somebody like Jamie George get picked because of the of, of the reputation and, and Gatlin knows what he can bring, but just to go back to my previous point, I do think there there are other positions there. Maybe not not on the starting fifteen of, of the Lions in uh, you know a couple of months time, but certainly on the fringes. Or if somebody gets injured, that uh, they keeping themselves fresh, keep putting their hands up. And Josh van der Fleer, I don't think he's on the plane at the minute, Mick. Um, yeah. I, I don't just because of those names that you rhymed off earlier on there, but. If somebody gets injured, Hamish Watson get injured in the Rugby World Cup. Um, Tom Curry, he's had a few injuries over the last uh, couple of years, as the all back rowers, let's face it. So, you know, just keep yourself fit, keep yourself active, and most importantly, injury free. 
you were there the last time uh, Ireland were, in, or the Alliance, I should say, was in South Africa, uh, along with an awful lot of Irish guys. Like it was a, it was a packed squad. Another guy that was there as a kid was Keith Earls. Now, I don't know I'm not going to go through every individual one, but I suppose there's there's always a, there's a little bit of emotion with people. I think when they're thinking about Keith Earls as a, a, a you know a, a, a way to round off an amazing career that started with a Lions tour so young and has been unlucky at times, especially with timing. Despite like 93 caps for Ireland, it feels like he hasn't always been there, you know. And now at 33, probably playing, you know, maybe last year or, or 2018 might have peaked, but still playing really, really high level rugby. Is someone like, you know, I never understand why age would matter to a Lions coach in that, you know, you're not building for the future. You're just playing this one-off thing. But it always does seem, though, they would rather go with the younger name than the than the the older character that might be kind of might not have another tour in them yeah and earls he's certainly the older statement isn't he and and you know he's been around the block uh he brings experience of course he does but earls he's a quiet enough fella um like especially when i played with him he just kind of got the head down and got on with it um let us rugby do the talking most weeks um has been in and out of form Mick, that's probably the worrying thing for me when it comes to a selection like that is that is he reliable um because he's shown over the last year that he, he sort of dips in and out you know many times over the last couple of years have we said oh geez keith earls he's back you know this his old best we've probably said that three or four times over the last couple of years um so that might slightly work against them the thing with earlsy and you, which which you can't buy is pace uh, and we watched that lovely try back down inside when it when he skinned um, the English defence and went uh, and went round and, and scored that amazing try in the Six Nations. You can't buy pace, and he has bags of that. And I know everybody talks about it. And yes, he is getting older, but I don't think he's lost that half a yard. Like you know, you, you talk about in football or or you know in rugby sometimes as well. Even like of Tommy Bow come to the end of his career, you know, people are going, ah, oh, he's lost that half a yard. And I don't think Earls he has at the minute, but. When you're playing against South Africa, you also need huge, huge physicality. And he, he is um, a little bit smaller compared to some of the wingers in international window at the minute. Um, and that's why I think it will be slightly more difficult for him to get onto the plane because, you know, somebody like Matt Pimpy um, running down his channel. I know Cheslin Colby, is, is he's just a completely different kind of fish altogether because of what... The talent that he possesses but you know just big moments um but in saying that mick like where he hasn't really let ireland down like has he when it comes to the physicality stakes so what am i bloody talking about get early in the plane <laughs> you get of like you know there's a there's a couple of uh look there's a good few positions at wing that are kind of very up in the air you don't know whether like i mean there's people talking about uh Van der Merwe or, um, you know, Maitland is even test starters. And then there's other people who are saying they're not even going to be in the squad. So that's how open it is. I think people think maybe Anthony Watson will more than likely start on one wing. And we almost don't know what the other position is. So that's, that's why I think there's kind of questions over, you know, I'm, I'm like thinking of asking you is like, you know, if you, if you went on the four year form, like we're talking about with Jamie George or someone like that, then Stockdale's on the plane, you know, but it has yeah. he done that in the last six months. That's the question. And maybe, you know, I, you would imagine there are players like maybe Stocktail, maybe even Peter O'Matney in a way, because he would have that sort of, that trust of the experience that someone like Gatlin would be saying, come on, come into like the form of your life, make it impossible for me not to pick you 
there would be lads that you would imagine that you'd be thinking, like you were mentioned physicality on the wing, Jacob Stockdale would absolutely offer that, you know? Yeah, he would absolutely offer that, but he would, he, you know, his defensive frailties have yeah, yeah. come to fruition a few times. And and it's always the same. It doesn't matter what winger it is, Mick, that they're always massively highlighted because they're the last man or the, they make a decision which leads to a try very, very quickly soon after. Um, where if I miss a tackle or miss a tackle or, you know, Hamish Watson misses a tackle, there's usually somebody else there to back it up or you know, it might not be six or seven phases later until a try is scored and it's easily glossed or brushed over. Um, where wingers, they, they do get it hard. Like, in, um, you know, lots of, uh, lots of people come down their way about you know, making the wrong decisions at the wrong times. And uh, Jacob's found that he's you know been on the receiving end of a lot of that over the last couple of years but um yeah again everybody has their own opinion everybody uh, thinks you know jacob stockdale should be on the plane or under murber should be on the plane or, or whatever but there's only one guy uh, in the back three that i think is is absolutely certain of it uh, and that's watson at the minute um mm. again even going back to like stuart hogg people talking about stuart hogg being the captain of the lions like he was, he was pretty average. Like against Leinster at the weekend, um, you know, even that two on two where he sort of held off, held off, held off. Larmer was, you know, steam train on the outside, and he, there's no real need. He should have just trusted his inside defender and, and just wedge out, and, and probably would have bundled Larmer into touch, and he didn't. He just held off, and Larmer scored in the corner, and he just can't do that at, mm. at, at uh, test level. So, um, yeah, like I'm not sure the fullback. You know, position is absolutely nailed down either. Everybody's talking about Stuart Hogg. I'm not so sure. Um, I've, he's what a brilliant player, and and they can pull a rabbit out of a hat. Brilliant counter attacker, good boot on him as well. But is Liam Williams more solid? You know, do, yeah. do they need yeah. somebody who's going to make very few mistakes? Possibly. So yeah, that there's there's just so many talking points, and um, <laughs> I can't wait for it all to come round, especially yeah. on the team select. When is the team selection day, Nick? Oh, it's in early May. I've actually, I think it might be like fifth of May or something like that. So we'll have you on the week before then, and maybe pick your pick your starting fifteen and maybe some uh, some bolters that you think maybe predict your squad. Um, looking forward. To, are you looking forward to the last question on the Lions? Then there's other stuff to talk about. But like, are you looking forward to? There's been, I suppose, a lot of questions raised. It's going to be a tour like no other. Everything is just different and weird at the moment. But do you have a kind of an excitement for the Lions as you would have had four years ago before they went to New Zealand? No, of course I don't. No. Of course I don't. No, um, because like I was over in New Zealand working um, with Sky, and it was it was brilliant. And seeing the, the thousands, tens of thousands of fans coming over in their droves with the, the you know the Red Army that they talk about, uh, walking out, having a cup of coffee, and just seeing um, all the land supporters having a few drinks and and really enjoying the experience. And I'm just not sure. Obviously, we're all. Uh, wondering what you know the situation is going to be, but it doesn't look likely that you know thousands of fans are going to be travelling over there. Probably a predominantly South African fan base um, at, at stadiums uh, makes it even harder for the Lions. And you know something that you associate with the Lions is that, the, is that they're a touring team and that they have huge support and that they have um, lots of people that tour with the touring team. And uh, you know when that's taken away, of of course it, it subtracts a bit of the um, the hype and you know the 
the atmosphere and the build-up coming into the Alliance, uh, Alliance Test Series. So, yeah, for me, of course, it, it definitely takes something away from a situation that we're all currently find ourselves in. Um, but nothing can be done about that, Mick, and, and, and hopefully we can we can push on and uh, see what happens. But, yeah, of course, I, I don't know what you feel about it, but I, I certainly feel that it's not the same. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah. I suppose it, it is amazing. It is brilliant in these uh, great seasons that we've just had a great Six Nations. Now we're in the brilliant, the good end of the club, to, the club season to have this sort of, this hanging over us, this, this talking point to kind of consistently talk about. It's almost as a recognition for the players. I'm almost thinking first before we get to the actual games and the tour won't be the same you're right and it, it's almost hard to separate those two different things um but we've talked a good bit about the lines tv and we will talk a lot more because there's just it is again one of those <laughs> a, a selection issue between four countries is always going to be the most fascinating thing in the sport but the rainbow cup as i mentioned at the top of the show is around the corner uh we've got two interpros coming up next weekend the weekend after next but new rules have been released that are going to be experimented in this pro 14 rainbow cup um that i wanted to talk to you about they've just been released today we've got a replacement um for a red card after 20 minutes we've got a captain's challenge one per game and fascinating because i wasn't i didn't see this one coming it's like rugby league style a goal line dropout for a number of scenarios including being held up over the line or a touchdown in your own in goal area for a kick through which would have been a 22 so that's a massive change there like that that was an out of jail moment that was a mistake by the attack in the past it's now become a possible you know uh counter-attacking chance you know what i mean if you're going to have to clear the ball from your own end line somebody whoever catches that ball is going to have a good bit of space yeah it, i think the the changes are are pretty good and you know what if it doesn't work it doesn't work and you can always change it back i don't think it's the end of the world and people think that these rule changes are going to be there for forever more and that might not be the case. So, you know, that's that's one thing to clear up is that, you know, these are all um experimental rules that we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna implement and, and see how they go. I think that the dropout is brilliant. I really like that. There's nothing worse, especially for the viewer sitting watching five meter scrum, five meter scrum, then all of a sudden somebody held up back to a five meter scrum. I think a kick out, you know, most out halves will be able to you know, drop kick it close to the halfway line. Then all of a sudden, with a bit of a attack, you'll probably see the, the kick being uh, caught by somebody in the backfield and given to a huge ball carrier, very direct. And they'll make their way up to, you know, probably close to the 22 meter line again, just after the 10 meter line. And we'll see more attack and phase play. And I'm all for that. I, I am all for that. If you can't get the ball down over the line, then I don't think you should be rewarded with a five meter scrum. Definitely not. Um, so I, I think that's a really good role. In terms of the captaincy thing, I've been able to challenge a call. Well, for me, the captain's challenge every single call at the minute. So it doesn't really change much. Like uh, a try scored in the corner, and the next thing, I'll just use Johnny Sexton for, for, for an example. He's over going, uh, can you check the ground on that? You need to check the ground on that. You know, there might have been a forward pass in there as well. You know, you need to check this here. And then all of a sudden, it's, we're, you know, hold on a second. We're just going to check this here. So I don't think that's going to really count. If anything, I'll probably slow the game down a bit more. Yeah. Want to stay away from. So um, I think that'll maybe be kicked back out again um, in the not too distant future. So yeah. Um, and the third rule, obviously, is remind me again, make the red card. So this is the interesting sorry, yeah. one because you're obviously going to have like, as we saw in the Six Nations, and as we saw as you try to change the game from the top down. 
and change attitudes, change the way people have played since they were eight years old and is so necessary is going to punish teams in a huge way because you're going to have red cards for things that wouldn't have been red cards in the old days. And that's fine. That's what needs to happen. But this is an answer to that, I think, in that it's after 20 minutes, um, you'll be able to replace um, with a different player, not with the same player. Um, so it becomes almost double the punishment plus a substitution uh, for as a yellow card. Is it enough? You know, is is that is that the disaster then that Bundiaki can't, you know, hit um, Billy Vinopola, you know, running through on him? Like, it's like he didn't do anything wrong in the old days, but nowadays it's a red card, so he better learn soon. Whereas if now it's 20 minutes, it's not a full game, it's a replacement, you know, it's not as much of a yeah. deterrent. Make a red card's a red card. Red card means you're sent off and you don't come back on. Nobody comes back on. So yeah. to call it a red card is stupid stupidity. Call it an orange card or an amber card because yeah. it's not a red card. Yeah. <laughs> you know That's what true. I mean? Like yeah. um so so um to send somebody off for, for twenty minutes um and somebody else, somebody different to come back on again. Well, how's it gonna work out? So if I get red if I play and I get red carded. Because I'm only, you know, I, I get sent off. Somebody else come on after 20 minutes. What does the ban then look like after that? Mm. So again, it's not just the red card. It's about how many weeks you're going to get banned for, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So does this mean that we're going to this uh, law that's being brought in? Does this mean that we're going to see even more red cards uh, coming into the game? Because like the 50-50 decisions now, referees are going, geez, I don't want to give a red card. It's such a big game. You know, he's going to be off in the 20th minute here. This isn't good. Um, okay, you know, there's a, there's a yellow card. Where now referees are thinking, no, that's a red card. Give you a red card because somebody else can come on after 20 minutes. However, that player that's just a red card, card that might have been a 50-50 decision in the last competition is now probably going to get banned for three weeks. And how does that affect the squad? And if this is happening uh, happen on a regular basis, then I don't think it's a good thing. Mm. I think if you're red carded, you're red carded. You're off the pitch, and you're off the pitch for the rest of the game. And the other team who didn't get the red card benefited benefits from playing against 14 men. That's my opinion. Um, and, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I just think it's going to be you know more of the captain running up and going, oh, ref, you know, that's, that's a yellow card, not a red card. It's just going to be more confusion. Um, there's going to be more substitute confusion about who's coming in and off and everything else, especially when you get the, the last part of the game when you might only have one sub left and it's a, a back three player and somebody in the forwards gets sent off. I think it's just going to be – it's just going to get messy. It's just yeah. going to get messy. And if anything, we want to try and simplify it instead of making it more complicated. Absolutely. Well, we'll see how it all goes anyway. As you said, they are only kind of experimental rules and they're being trialled in the Pro 14 Rainbow Cup, which is around the corner, which for the time being, all people really need to know about is that we've got three weeks of uh, interpros <laughs> coming up before people have to travel. But, you know, again, we'll talk probably about them next week or, or we'll certainly talk about them um, at some stage over the next couple of weeks. But in a weird way, it's like Leinster Munster is the last thing anybody wants to see again in a couple of weeks. But actually, just the, the, the Connacht Ulster game, um, does kind of stand out to me in that you know I do think there's a sense in Ulster at the moment that there's a sense of like don't let the season end because the like kind of what we talked about with Munster except Ulster are on the crest at the moment you know what I mean is that there's been progress 
It's been knocked down a couple of times. You want to kind of finish it on a high, and this actually could be a perfect competition for them. Yeah, it could be. And like I think with the Rainbow Cup, you know, the rumors are that it's not going to go ahead, and there's you know, problems in South Africa with visas and quarantine rules, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, we have to remember it's it is still a few weeks away, uh, and hopefully everything gets resolved. But at the minute, the Rainbow Cup's going ahead. Like the Rainbow Cup is on. Um, until I'm told otherwise, it is on. <clears throat> and I think, you know, the last Pro 14 campaign was cut short, more or less, to get the introduction of the Rainbow Cup in. Um, and, and I certainly feel that with the addition of the South African teams, it will make it a better competition. Um, on that, you know, it could be tough for some of the teams travelling to uh, to play those uh, South African sides if they're based in England or where, wherever they're going to be based. Mm. Um, you know, the South African teams are fully loaded. Um, like the Zebra or, or Dragons could, could, you know, it, it could be really, really tough for them. But um, I think for those sides, tough every game that they play and they're always battling. So it might not be any different. But yeah, I think it's brilliant that the Rainbow Cup can get kick-started. Teams like Ulster, who felt really, really hard done by Mick. Like, I mean, really hard done by. They were the... You know, second behind Leinster in their conference, but they finished on four points in Munster. But yet they still didn't make the final. You know, I think they were they felt really hard done by that that semi final was taken away from them, and that it went straight to the final because they, they were building nicely. They, they were playing some good rugby, um, still are playing good rugby, and um, yeah, I, I think um, that yeah, it, it, it could be it could be good. It's only going to be a good thing for for the the Ulster, Monster, and Leinster in, in the Rainbow Cup, and Connor, of course, in the Rainbow Cup, and um, you know, keep capitalising and playing some good rugby. Absolutely, yeah. Well, more of it to come, and we will uh, catch up with you about the whole thing. Thanks a million for joining us, as always, Stevie. No worries. Cheers, Mick. Thanks a million for watching. Uh, you can see more build up. Obviously, we were talking to Kevin Doyle a little bit earlier on. You can check that out on our social channels or indeed on our podcast feed. Just search balls. Thanks a million to Ladbrooks. Thanks a million to Stevie. We'll be back soon.